Welcome, listeners, to the very first episode of Plugging Away, CODA's podcast where we look to invite members of industry to discuss all things decommissioning in Australia and globally. My name is Pavel Rubczynski, Brand and Communications Specialist at CODA, and what follows is a collection of conversations between CODA and partners, conference exhibitors, as well as other industry stakeholders at this year's DNA conference in Perth, Western Australia. We begin with a conversation between myself and Tommy Angel, founding director of Offshore Network. Welcome, welcome. I'm really, really happy to be sitting down with you. If you'd potentially like to just start off with what's your name, sure. who you work for. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm Tommy Angel. I'm the founding director of Offshore Network, and we are the organisation who arranges the global series of decommissioning and abandonment conferences. And as of right now, we're coming to you from the Decommissioning Abandonment Summit in Perth, Western Australia. Yeah, it's, um, it's been really, really fun. Um, huge turnout. From my knowledge, um, it's doubled in size since the last year. Yeah, absolutely. So it's fantastic that we're seeing yeah, year-on-year growth and doubling of size. And the interesting thing is now about decommissioning is this is what we're seeing in other parts of the world as well. So last month, I was at our decommissioning abandonment summit in Houston, Texas. And again, that had grown 100% year-on-year. And likewise here in, um, in Perth. Um, and these are very very separate markets but I think what it shows is that the world as a whole is thinking about decommissioning as a reality and an aggressive reality both regulations in regulators in in Houston and over here in um, Australia are pushing direct timelines and it's really the first time you know in our sort of 10 years of, of running late life oil and gas conferences that we've really seen definitive deadlines driving this forward and I think that's what we're we're seeing here and likewise in Houston. So yeah, so you think that's the main driver of um, of the growth recently? Do, I, you, do you see it continuing like this? I do. I, I, I think at the moment, especially here in, um, in Western Australia and in Australia as a whole actually, this will be the first time going through a decommissioning cycle. So at the moment it's still very much a planning stage to execution. In places like Houston, the post- Hurricane Katrina, they had gone through one decommissioning cycle. So they had um, the ideas of onshore recycling, heavy lift, all of some of the things that we're maybe struggling with a bit here and infrastructure-wise. They already had that in place. Whereas here, it's it's kind of a first time. So we're hearing a lot more about, you know, what how do we recycle onshore and how are we yeah. going to overcome that and one regulator handing over to another if it's a marine or an onshore-related... Um, um, handover and and aspects of that so it's interesting seeing it for the first time here and the second time out in the out in the US but um but for the growth of the conference people are interested and everyone has to be in this together from a supply chain perspective because if you look at the number of wells the number of platforms the geography of Australia and how far apart some of these fields are and where are you going to lift a platform and take it to these are big problems and if the supply chain doesn't come together it can be overwhelming the task can seem too big but as you can see here supply chain is engaged everyone kind of understands their piece of it I think code is a fantastic organization for bringing those groups together and that is fundamental that's necessary if there's if this is going to succeed in Australia because the supply chain is going to be far more spread out than it is in any other part of the world Um, you know you are an island so the basins are all around you rather than being concentrated in one area like the like the Gulf of Mexico Um, 
And because of that, I think, yeah, it'll be successful and there's active engagement and we've only got really two years before it all kicks off. So there needs to be further engagement, which should lead to further growth for the conference year on year. What would you say that um, works well in, um, you know, pardon the pun, (laughs) but what works well um, in the other regions and what you think we should be doing to replicate that? Yeah. Um, So the... From a technological point of view and an infrastructure point of view, we know what needs to be done. Really, the defining characteristic of when a project is successful or not is a real real stubborn commitment to the mission and the target. Mm. And that's, that's really it. So if there's good leadership who are dedicated to decommissioning you know come what may because there's a lot of problems it brings you know we don't necessarily know the history of all of our wells or the integrity of our platforms but if you are committed to it generally they're the operators that have had most success so we have people here today in Australia from Brunei and they've been five years through their program they're still learning but they're also here to share with others about what they've learned and I think that commitment to it is really the defining factor you can always contract you know technology cutting tools whatever it may be but um but yeah leadership that's going to commit to that is is really the the fundamental and the fantastic thing about here contrary perhaps to some of the other locations we operate in is that we have multiple representation from the government here multiple representation from the operator multiple representation from um, industry bodies such as coda which shows that that leadership's there So this isn't just the operators having to look after themselves. There's an entire leadership infrastructure above that, which is going to ensure timelines are met and support is there and so on and so forth. In your opinion, what what are those ingredients for the success of that Mm -hmm. industry? I I think one of the biggest issues here is certainly the scale of the task. And I mean that both in geographical area. So you spread spread all all around something that's approximately the size of the United States. It's it's a big, big, big big area of water and we've got a lot of platforms and assets in different parts so I think the thing that makes most sense for me and this could be something for Coda is to create something like they've had in the drilling industry which is rig sharing clubs which is oil and gas operators who communicate about when rigs are available and traditionally they did that for for drilling so when one operator finished the next one picked it up and it was a very effective way so when we're dealing with some of the assets that are here and how spread out they are one thing could be something like that for vessel based work so you get a vessel in Australia that can decommission however many wells in however many days and then that gets passed on to operator, operator, operator. But for that to happen, the operators need to be in communication with one another, which is sometimes where this this falls down. But the, the great thing about decommissioning is is that what is effective or efficient for one is effective. Everyone wins. It's effective for all. So it's not like new asset development when there's competitive elements yeah. to it. So no one's buying blocks to decommission. Um, Everyone already has these liabilities and it would help everyone if the operators came together, developed some sort of network where they can share experiences because everyone wins. Everyone wins. And if it's going to be 30 years of work, you know, we want the nth of a kind to be so much more efficient than the first. And we can do that if we all share information. And we're doing, starting that with speaking at conferences and operators being open and that's been fantastic but from an execution point of view I think there could be some sort of group where they come together and share assets and best practice on a on a more constant basis yeah absolutely so I mean that's that's you know I think we're only 
four or five hours into into this yeah. conference today and um you know the fascinating thing has been you know we've had present presenters from all facets of yeah. the industry you know you've had science you've had lawyers you've had regulators yeah. you've had um francis from coda mm-hmm. um so it's, it's really really fascinating to be able to hear all these different perspectives or different takes yeah. um into the one you know issue that is decommissioning yeah. um so but you know what you're talking about lessons learned best practice um working groups it's you know we definitely hear that mm. um and that's that's what we're trying to integrate all of yeah. that into our collaboration portal um so we are really looking forward to bringing that to market because yeah like yourself we we do see that as a very almost integral yeah um, absolutely to an efficient job well done essentially so um, yeah, look, it's we're, we're getting up to the 10-minute mark, so I'm assuming you're proud of your baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been fantastic, and we, we, we're committed to um, to Australia. We have, you know, Erin is, although she's based in New Zealand, she's on in this part of the world. Um, over the next year, we're looking to have more full-time staff dedicated to this region um, and really focused on working on this project, so the the decommissioning abandonment um element in australian waters um and investing in a new team who'll come and look after that um so we can yeah continue the growth and make it more valuable for all, all the attendees um we have a journalistic arm as well who can contribute to this and and continue the news and and the wins and challenges being promoted to to everyone who's here throughout the year so we'll meet here once a year but we're putting much more resources into the communication element which can keep people informed with what you're doing what the government's doing so on year on year where off to next so i go back to the uk it's my son's second birthday my youngest son's second birthday tomorrow so i'm straight (laughs) into that (laughs) yep so it'll be a two-year-old's birthday party is the first thing and then um after that, the next project will be in KL, Malaysia. Yep, doesn't stop for you. Never. Um, so, I mean, we will definitely um, see you next year, obviously, yep. um, when you're back in Perth. But um, in the meantime, if people would like to get in touch with you, get involved, how, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, sure. So you can um, go to offsnet.com, which is offsnet is short for offshore network, but offsnet.com, and that's our news portal, and you can subscribe um, to the news portal there, and that will give you access to all of our um, journalistic arm, um, all of the past reports and pieces that have been written about decommissioning, but also late life well ops and um, and uh, well integrity and so on and so forth, and it's segmented by region. So if you're in this region, you just have to click on the Australia um, button and it will take you to everything that's going on in Australia up until today. Perfect. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for organising such a wonderful event and we'll be in touch, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Thank you for having me. Easy. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye. I'm sitting here with Richard. Um, thank you so much for your time and I guess I'd like to just start off with, um, for our listeners, yeah, give a little bit of background of, um, of yourself. Thanks, Pavel. So, yeah, my name is Richard Bazin. Um, I'm the sales director uh, for our energy clients at RemSense, uh, RemSense based here in Perth, beautiful Western Australia. So I've been here a couple of years now. My background has been in visualization technologies for the last 10 years or so. So it sort of started out with uh, the nascent drone technology that came out, you know, um, about 10, 12 years ago, and how we could utilize those for industrial applications. So a lot around um, acid inspection, mapping, those sorts of things. And that's led me down this road to um, 
how we can use those technologies, visualization technologies, to actually understand our assets much, much easier and remove the need or reduce the need for people to have to travel to sites. And of course, so many of our sites, so whether it's mineral resources or energy, are remote sites and quite dangerous sites. So if we can come up with any kind of technologies that reduces the need to go to site, work in hazardous areas, I think that's a fantastic thing. And so that's what we're doing here at Remsense. I mean, I guess you've answered a lot of uh, my next questions of, you know, what, what, what particularly does Remsense do and, um, you know, what your role there is. But um, I guess I'll move straight on to... Um, oh, I, I can I expand, I can expand on that a little bit if you oh, like. Oh, absolutely. Go, go for it. We've got time. Let's do it. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, at the heart of what we do, as I said before, was around visualisation technologies and creating digital twins. Now, people generally, when they think of a digital twin, because it's not a new concept, uh, thinking of sort of CAD models, Navisworks models, those computer-rendered uh, types of, of models for sites. Uh, what we're doing is different. We're creating a, a visual photographic or photogrammic um, model of a site. Yep. So you can actually see the as-built, what's there, versus the as designed um, you're not looking at drawings you're actually physically seeing what's there which enables you to see the site warts and all so if you're looking for corrosion if you look to see something's actually in the right place that yep. sort of stuff you can see everything yeah so what are, what are some examples i guess of um the scale of jobs that you've done so on the scale look we go from 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 tiny to enormous so we'll do something as small as um, if you're talking about offshore for example as small as a, a monopod and to capture that using um, both drone technology for doing the outsides of course it's hard to walk around the outside of a, of a monopod out in the middle of the <laughs> yep. uh, of, uh, of the Indian Ocean you're gonna get a bit wet uh, so we use drones for the outsides and then we used uh, fixed uh, scanning cameras for the for the insides and that can be captured in you know, under a day and, and yep. models back with clients again within a couple of days and then we go all the way up to the larger side of things where we do large manned um, offshore platforms and onshore we've gone up to the scale of um, whole gas plants LNG plants so we'll go out typically and capture a whole LNG train we'll get three or four people out on that yep. and that could take anywhere up to a month or so and you're getting anything up to like 20 or 30,000 um, images individual images which we then stitch together that makes more so they can be quite huge and yep. complex um, think of the same for doing whole mine sites as well so from the tiny all the way up to the large yeah okay so you're not just offshore Oh, no, no, we do a lot of onshore work as well. So I mentioned LNG trains as well. Yep. Um, or smaller sites, compression stations, even round uh, individual wellheads, onshore wellheads as well. So it can go right down to that sort of yeah, site so where you just, you know, wellheads are a good example, I think, as we talk about decom a little bit. That's why we're here. If you look at the literally thousands of those onshore wellheads that we have all dotted around the country, um, you know, they're generally, again, in quite remote areas. We don't tend to have them in the middle of the city centres or in yep. the metro area for very good reasons. Um, so, again, reducing the need for people just to drive out to those, to yep. go and check something. Quite often it's just to go and check something or familiarise themselves with that site. We can do that remotely. So, yeah, it could be a wellhead onshore, it could be a, an LNG train, or it could be a, an offshore platform and anything in between. Yeah, right. So really, really versatile. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I mean, you, you quickly touched on, um, on on why you're here, but um, is, there, is there anything in particular that you were hoping to see um, or that brings you to, to DNA 2023 this, this year? I mean, it's clear that decommissioning is something that is happening. You know, um, some of the presentations I've seen, I think, helped us realise that it's been going on for a number of years already in this country at a, I'll call it a relatively small scale, particularly compared to other parts of the world, like the North Sea, for example, where, you know, it's a much larger scale. But if you look at the numbers that people are putting up on slides uh, and in reports, we know that there's, I won't quite say a tidal wave or an avalanche coming all at once, but over the next 10, 15, 20 years, 
there is a huge amount that needs to be done. And I think it's great to see the, uh, the change in the last 12 or 18 months from this, this event and other events, which were very small, let's be honest, and now growing to such scale. So I think for me, it's really exciting to see the number of people that are here, uh, the organizations that are here as well. And it's not just local players. It's not just you know, the Woodsides and the Chevrons, which of course we expect to hear in WA. And it's not just um, organizations throughout Australia. I've, I've met people here from the US, from Canada, uh, the UK, Norway, Germany, all sorts who've come here specifically for this event. Um, and I think that shows that there is something happening here. There's yep. something that's important that's happening here. And um, there's a lot of work to be done. There's yep. a lot of um, money to be spent um, around a, number of com- uh, a large you know, number of organizations. And I, and I was lucky enough to speak as well yesterday. And I think when I, I, I spoke at the end, I said something that I think resonates with a lot of people, which is, you know, at the end of the day, we all work in the oil and gas industry. We know that can be a dirty, messy business. We're all aware, we're very aware of the, the challenges of decarbonisation and energy transition. And the decom part is a very important part of that. And I think, as I said yesterday, we all have a part to play in that. And we have a part to play in making sure that we leave, you know, this wonderful country that we live in, 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 yeah. in a better state than we found it. And, and the decom is essential to doing that. And we have to get that right. So seeing people talk about it and hearing people talk about it, not just as a cost anymore, yeah. but as an opportunity to do something good and do something right and create jobs and make the place a better place, I think is fantastic. So that excites me. Yeah, fantastic. You had a presentation yesterday. Um, I guess just for for listeners that haven't been at DNA, is uh, would you be able to summarise? I guess what you spoke about yesterday. Yeah, if you want to give me another half an hour, we can we can go <laughs> through it again, or you can call me. Uh, yeah. So what I was talking about, I mean, as I alluded before, obviously what RemSense does is we're going out and creating these photogrammic uh, models. So these as built as our models, and you can get a you know think about Google Street View. But think about that on steroids and walking through an oil and gas plant or installation to understand the fabric of it. So what I was talking about yesterday is how those models can be used to reduce risk and hazards, um, uh, hazards to, to operators uh, and, and people who have to go out on these sites and, and decommission them. So by having a model uh, that anybody can see anywhere in the world and collaborate on safely prior to going out to site enables people to do some really good planning yep. so, they can start a, so they can understand the risk of going to that platform reduce those risks, mitigate against them, both you know, physical risks to people, but also environmental risks and challenges as well. So that's the first thing I talked about, how we can do that by using those models. I also talked about um, how we can use those models, those visual models for things like automating uh, the understanding of corrosion on those sites, because um, obviously corrosion is critical, particularly on offshore platforms. Um, yeah. And again, the ability to do that automatically, uh, reduce risk, reduce hazard, reduce the need for people to go out to site, uh, make it quick and simple, I think is great. And I think overall, I think what we want to get across is the, if we can create a, a digital library, a digital visual library of all of these assets, uh, that gets used not just by the owner operator, not just the, subcontra- uh, the subcontractors or contractors who have to work on these, but it also gives the regulator a really good understanding of what's out there. Mm-hmm. So together, um, and the theme, a lot of, I've heard of the theme, a lot of people we've talked about today and yesterday is around <laughs> collaboration. We hear that yeah. word a lot. And a good collaboration is very hard to do, and we're all a bit reticent about it, but I think these tools are designed to help people collaborate. So that's sort of the heart of what we're trying to do, is to bring people together in a safe environment and help them collaborate together and, and, and you know, provide a better outcome. Would you be able to tell us um, what's next for RemSense? Um, where to from here and where, where potentially do you personally see the industry going? 
Yeah, what's next for Remsense? So, look, when we started out on this journey of creating a digital model, it was just to basically provide that that fabric, that visualization tool, so people could look at a site and understand it, walk around it without going there. You know, we say, you know, be there without going there. Um, that platform is developed and continues to develop now into a tool where we can start, we're starting to look at, you know, predictive maintenance. So we can start looking at things like corrosion because we've got this, such this uh, depth of visual knowledge and, and, and database now that we're building. So we can start thinking about how can we do more preventative maintenance or predictive maintenance so we can, we can understand how things are going to degrade or corrode over time using the tools and techniques. Um, and I know everybody talks about machine learning and AI, everyone talks about AI and wherever you go now, chat GPT, but we are using those techniques and those tools, not chatbots, um, but using those machine learning and AI techniques to start understanding the data that's within our models and provide more useful insights and reports back to our, and our clients and prospective clients to take some of the, um, uh, the more repetitive tasks out of some of the jobs and actually enable people to actually do their jobs more efficiently as well. So I think that machine learning AI piece is only going to continue to get better. Um, I think that will accelerate as we see the world of quantum computing come on board. And I've been doing a lot of reading and listening around that lately. And I think that the, the potential that unlocks we, not just within our organization, our industry is, is potentially phenomenal, phenomenal. and yeah. the ability to model outcomes um, based on actions that we take now is going to be unsurpassed in the next four or five years. So that's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, well, no, it's some um, extremely versatile, interesting technology that fits right into the decommissioning space that, you know, that Remsense, Remsense has. So um, I think there's obviously a lot of growth, a lot of uh, business out there for you guys, and um, I think you'll be continue to be relevant in the decommissioning space for years to come so um, wary of your time thank you so much for sitting down with us um, if, if anybody would like to I guess um, get in touch or learn more about Remsense technology where where can they go yeah well you can find us obviously on the internet at uh, remsense.com.au you can find us on LinkedIn as well and other places like that so feel free to reach out to us and it's been an absolute pleasure to be here thank you yeah thank you so much Richard cheers all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining me, Jed. Um, thanks, I guess yeah. We'll start off with the basic questions. Um, you know, it's can you please introduce yourself um, and give us a little bit of background on your experience? Sure. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So my name is Jed Van Ersel. Um, I'm the decommissioning manager for Liberty Industrial. Um, I've been with Liberty for about 15 months, 16 months now. Um, so I've come from an offshore oil and gas background, um, from basically a boots on ground resource um, through to supervision and then into management and offshore construction manager, which segued into project management. Um, and then through that journey, I sort of met, met Liberty as a, as a contractor. I was on the client side, Liberty was on the contractor side. Um, obviously with the big uh, forefront of what's coming up here and the, and the forecast of the decommissioning, uh, decommissioning industry, um, it was a great opportunity to come across to Liberty and, and sort of segueing the, the skill sets that they've already got uh, with their onshore uh, decommissioning and, re and recycling processes and move that into the oil and gas offshore decommissioning space. Um, so, I mean, you've already touched on what your role at Liberty yeah. is, um, but if you could just give us um, a little bit of background of who Liberty is and, um, you know, how, how you fit into the decommissioning space. Sure, sure. So, Liberty's, Liberty was founded uh, on, a, on a more front-end feed study capacity. So, Clinton Dick, uh, Clinton Dick our founding director, um, founded the company on providing early estimate closure estimates and closure studies for mine sites and, and any assets, any industrial assets. Um, so that's to look at what, what would the project look like 
if it was to go ahead in five years, 10 years, 30 years, um, to have that front-end engineering study report um, and then get, engage with the clients on some actual conceptual methodologies that would be used to deconstruct the plant and also remediate and, and decontaminate, but also with real-time uh, information and, and real data from an, an executing that project. So that's where they've hinged the two sides of the coin by doing these early engagement feed studies. We can now provide, um, we actually execute those works as well. You know, we've got you know, 400 bits of plant and 250 full-time employees um, where we can go and execute these major projects over four, five, ten years, whatever the, whatever the major project is. And then all the data that we're learning on these major projects we're implementing into the other feed studies that are coming up. So it's just a constant circle. What would you say some of the biggest projects that uh, Liberty have done? Yeah, it was doing. Well, Liberty, Liberty's first project was, uh, at the time, was one of the biggest, well, was the biggest um, demolition uh, project in the Southern Hemisphere. So it was 180,000 tonnes yeah, wow. worth of infrastructure. Um, at the moment, ongoing, we've got one of the largest closure projects in the Southeast Asia region which is the Gove um, refinery project. So that's a project, once again, I think 170 odd thousand tonnes over four or five years of, yeah, uh, uh, basically a, a um, alumina refinery up in, up in Gove in the Northern Territory, which is effectively an island uh, in the wet season. Um, and that's, once again, capturing uh, that, that process was exactly what I just talked about before, it was a feed study for two years, which went into a tender phase. We're actually, um, lucky enough to win that tender and, and go into the execution phase now which is the full asset closure so it's the the decontamination and removal of any hazmat materials there's lots of mercury and norms all of yeah. these all of these things yep. that we hear today in an oil and gas de decommissioning space which we think is new but we're doing onshore now yeah and, um, and also asbestos and all sorts of um, heavy fuel oil um, decontamination and then that moves into a full demolition and, and disposal campaign after that. So once all the nasties are removed, everything is safe to be demolished. And then this yep. progressive phase of cleaning, decontaminating, decommissioning, and then demolishing, and then processing, and then obviously the onward sale and recycling of, of, of all that infrastructure. So whether it's steel, non-ferrous steel, plastics, copper, uh, you know, anything else that can be recycled, concrete, uh, the full works and jerks. Yeah, wow, that's um, yeah. that's that's a very <laughs> wide <laughs> scope. <broad> scope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, would you say that has evolved over time, or yes, yeah, you, definitely. Do you see it continuously involve uh, evolving? Sorry. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Especially with the the new technologies that are coming up. Obviously, it's a it's a rapidly uh, growing market. There's there's so many synergies with other partners now as well. Um, yeah. There's no as as we hear, you know, the theme of this this whole conference and every conference that we go to now in decommissioning is collaboration. There is no <laughs> yep. turnkey solution to this. Okay, we, we may provide a turnkey opportunity for some of our clients, but we substitute a lot of those services with strategic partners yep. uh, to help us deliver that full project. It's not Liberty Industrial that deliver that full project. It's, it's our collaborations with, Absolutely, our key, yeah. with other you key stakeholders. Yeah, that's right. Do what they do best. Yeah. yeah, of course. So, I mean, you mentioned technologies, new technologies. Is that some, what are the, I guess, latest technologies that you are dabbling with? I mean, we've heard AI multiple times today at yeah. the conference. Is that something that you're exploring? Definitely, definitely, yeah. So Liberty's had a really good culture. There's, it's a really good culture within the company of um, innovations over mitigations um, and, and innovations to mitigate. Um, as well, so you know, it's it, they're really looking. You know, we, we're going to unis, we're going to the high schools to try and get these new new minds in our business. But 
some of the, some of the technology that we've, we've sort of leveraged off in the last few years is um, we're pretty early in the piece. We've got rights in Australia for some extreme loading software, so we can put the structures into the model, and we can put our method into the model, and we can model that structure falling down over and over yeah, before wow. we actually go and do it, execute it on site. So yeah, okay. We can do that from the office um, multiple times until we're really comfortable and, and, and happy with it. Um, and then we go and execute it and we've, we've got some great um, project videos that show you the model and then we show you the actual structure falling yeah. over and it's identical. So what, what, what that, where did the need arise from for that? Was that mainly to satisfy regulations or you know, health and safety of your own staff or where did that really... I think it's everything. It's, it's everything. All, all above. It's, and at the end of the day, it is health and safety. If you, if you approach it in a, in a risk-based scenario, look de-risking something makes it more efficient, makes it safer, it makes it more cost-effective, essentially, in, yep. in the end, because you're not doing it twice or three times and you're not hurting anyone and, and it's a nice, stable outcome. It's, it's, that's one of our key drivers, is trying to provide that certainty of outcome to our clients um, and working with our clients, it's that collaboration with our clients to provide that certainty of outcome. They're comfortable with the contractor and they're comfortable with the methods that we're going to go ahead and ultimately, when we go and execute the project, they're comfortable in the outcome for the community and, and then the other stakeholders within those uh, assets as well. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I guess last maybe question about Liberty itself, um, potentially a toughie. Um, <laughs> what do you see as your um, competitive advantage? Sure, yeah, that, that is a good one. A competitive advantage, I think I'd harped on it before, we're, like, we're a really transparent company, really linear um, org structure. We collaborate really well internally and, and that transcends to our clients and other stakeholders as well. So we're, our competitive advantage is, is everything I mentioned. So it's, it's our early pre-feed studies that we can provide that real input on, on actual data of demolishing and decommissioning and, and decontamination of everything that we're doing here in the decommissioning space and, and, tra and, and transitioning not just the feed program but actually um, developing those work packs and showing how these work packs actually work and, and collaborating that with our clients and collaborating with our clients Yep. Um, to deliver that outcome. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I guess moving on to the conference, um, you know, that's what we're, we're all here for. Um, so what is it? Is there anything in particular that brings you to DNA uh, this year? Oh, everything. I think it all brings <laughs> me here today. No, definitely the lineup was great. I mean, the engagement we just had, you know, I, I talked to all the clients and, and all the regulators and the whole supply chain already uh, through my everyday job, but um, the buzz around the industry is, is, is real. And having a conference in the middle of this buzz is, just makes no, makes perfect sense, you know. Like it's, there's there's some real time, you know. There's real projects coming up now. There's not, we're not yep. planning. We're we're actually into execution, and then we're forward planning for the next wave. So having having those regulators, having the operators, having the supply chain and the vendors in in the room, yep. um, and and all, you know, telling each other the the challenges that we're going through, so we can all help each other. You know, that's that's the key focus, obviously. Obviously, as we said, the C word, the collaboration word, <laughs> over and over and over, but it's paramount and it's, and it's not easy. Um, but the more we can do this, the more we can get together and share our challenges, yep. um, the, better, the better we can be as a collective, you know. Yeah, exactly. The rising tide lifts all boats, they say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, yeah, you've mentioned, um, obviously, we've got a whole bunch of, um, from all sides of the industry, we've got regulators, we've got operators, we've got supply chain, um, and then you've, you know, you've got organisations such as CODA, um, like us here. Um, has there been any highlights, um, I guess, for you? Is there, is there a particular group that you, you were looking to hear from? 
There was no one particular group. It was mainly what brought me here, look, to go back to the question before, but was the lineup. You know, you look at that day one lineup, and I was like, wow, that is a random bunch of, of talks. <laughs> but, you know, sitting through that yesterday, at the end of the day, I was like, I was, I was talking to someone else about it, and we're like, that actually captured pretty much everything that we're dealing with, the, everything in the industry. It's some of the stuff that we're not dealing with, but you can hear it from other people's point of views. And you're like, wow, okay, that's. Yep. And we heard it today, this morning with Ursula as well, talking about understanding what the regulators are going through and, and what CODA are, are going through and, and other industry groups are going through and, and hearing everyone else's challenges. Um, it's been really refreshing to hear, hear it from other points of view. It's, it's been very, very engaging, positive to see you know, how the, the conference has grown you know, almost oh, twice yeah. in size. Um, That's right. So yeah. were, you, were you guys here last year as well? We were, yeah. So we, I, I caught the back end of it last year, but it, yeah, it was obviously you know, half the size of what it is today. And, yep. you know, uh, just to see that, you know, we're talking Aaron, there's 250 tickets and there's still people trying to buy tickets yesterday. Yep. There's 250 experts in decommissioning that are here. It's, there's a lot of knowledge in this room. Yep. Um, and it's, it's been critical for us. We know we're trying to bring, we've got some graduates and undergraduates in, in decommissioning at the moment as well. And trying to get, you know, bringing them, the, I got the feedback from them yesterday, to just let them walk around talking to people. Yep. And it's amazing for them to see what, what the industry is and where they can, you can't be what you can't see. So it's involving the next generation in, in this talk as well. I think it's, it's very yep. important. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. What do you see as being next for Liberty um, Industrial and you know, where, where do you personally see the industry heading? Yeah, well, next, you know, we're, we're following the industry. So next for the industry is next for Liberty. Um, yep. For us, we've got a key focus on, on jobs and, and training and looking at the services are going to need to be provided and the volume of services are going to need to be provided in the next five to ten years. So I think for us, the real focus at the moment is engaging with the next generation, like, like I just mentioned before, it's, it's with the universities, with the high schools, um, and, and going to give some tech talks and with our, some of our um, female engineers and stuff to go and do some talks in, in high yep. schools to try and bring up, boost those um, women in STEM numbers yep. up and also just engineering uh, interest in decommissioning, you know, like we went and talked to the unis and they're like, well, what is that? You know, look, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like decommissioning undergraduate, what is that? No one knows what it is, but now we've got one. And, um, you know, he's walking around the university speaking about decommissioning and we've got, I get 50 CVs a week now from, from the uni. uni <laughs> people just want to get involved. So yeah, it's that's, that's a key focus, training. Um, obviously, um, capacity now. So it's building the redundancy now in our um, corporations that we can deal with this, this this next wave there's a, there's a lot of projects coming up um, there's a lot of you know there's a lot to go around but there's the service offering that we can give we need to really we're spending some time now to really fill in the back end of our our organization uh, yeah making sure we've got that redundancy uh, to combat what's coming up yeah absolutely no there's definitely um, enough work I think coming you know in the next decade sure at is. least yeah, so, yeah, um, sure is. Yeah. yeah and you know there, there are skill shortages and um, gaps yeah. that need to be filled so yeah. um, you know wary of your time thank you so much for, for chatting with me yeah, um, I, I yeah. guess just to, you know if, if, if anybody wanted to get in touch um, or to see what more uh, what Liberty's doing um, sure. how, where would they be able to go who would they be able to get in touch with sure. and yeah well, my, our, our where can they send the CVs to send them to me yeah send them to me <laughs> We've, look, go ahead and, and check out our website. So it's libertyindustrial.com. Um, a lot of information on there. There's a new new iteration of the website coming up in the next month or so, yep. which have a few more contact details. But there's a careers at libertyindustrial.com email address you can send CVs to. Um, my, my details are on that website. Um, 
You can also have my phone number if, if you want to. Just give me a call. Oh, well, that one's chat, up to have you. A, have a coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely get in touch. Um, if there's anything we can help out with, you know, we love going and talking to the, the op, you know, regulators, the industry groups, and, uh, and the government as well, and, um, and just talking about our capacity and, and and even you know SME stuff and project reviews and whatever you need. Just yeah. let's have a chat. Fantastic. Look, again, thank you so much for your time and Thanks, um, enjoy the rest of the conference. Will do. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Appreciate mate. it. Thank you so much, Daniel, for sitting thank down you. with me. Um, to start off with the listeners, if you could just tell me about yourself and your experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Daniel Lamb. Uh, I work for a company called TAM International. Uh, we specialise in inflatable and swellable packers. Um, my background, yeah, I've been in Australia for the last six years. And, yeah, worked for TAM for over 10 now. Um, yeah, started off working in the field and then, yeah, in more of a managerial role just now. Yep. And that's kind of me, yeah. Yeah, okay, so you started off in um, the UK? Yeah, so yeah, as my I accent, the probably. accent. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, started off in Aberdeen. Uh, was in Aberdeen for five years and then, yeah, moved, took the jump to Australia, yeah. Yeah. And sunshine and happiness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here, then? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> no, it's that weather. Hear. Good yeah. to hear. So, um, I guess... I guess you've come from a bit more of a mature market then in the UK and you know how, how have you found I guess the decommissioning space in Australia compared to that? Yeah decommissioning's probably been the word the topic over the last few years that's for sure especially with the, the downturn because of Covid operators weren't operating from a drilling and completion standpoint and then they were looking in the space of yeah decommissioning plugging abandonments Workovers and yeah, Tam are suited to that space with their product line that they have available. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's. I mean, that kind of plays into my question of um, you know Tam International. How how do you fit into the decommissioning space? Is that is that a m- major part of your business? Do you see? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We are suited to various you know um, applications as such. You know, we, we do have products for drilling and completions remedial stimulation or remedial operations and your well integrity workover which compromises of your decommissioning and abandonment space at that point there both offshore and onshore yeah fantastic so and tam has been in business for how long oh uh, 55 years yeah yeah actually yeah so you know the numbers yeah i know the numbers yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah we just celebrated our 55th birthday last week yeah fantastic yeah. and how many markets are you involved in Energy markets, yeah, oil and gas, uh, geothermal, renewables, globally, you know, our, our base is in Houston, our headquarters, should I say. Yep. We've got our base in Australia, we've got our base um, in Europe, which is out of Aberdeen, base in the Middle East, um, Canada, so we're pretty much global in that sense. Pretty big, for sure, yeah, for what awesome. we do, yeah. And um, I guess what what would you say your um, competitive advantage is, as what has allowed you to propel yourselves for that long, being business for 55 years? I guess it's the, the, the products that we provide. We're a very niche in that sense. You know, inflatable packers, typically you would run through a restriction, whether that's at surface at your wellhead or your BOP, for everyone who knows what that is. Um, and yeah, you run that and, and basically an inflatable, it just expands out to a larger ID that you're setting inside. Typically from a workover or well intervention campaign, that's typically what you would run. Um, so yeah, we've been kind of specialised that yeah over the last 55 years in different categories. But yeah, we're at DNA um, decommissioning and abandonment conference in Perth. What brought you here as as an exhibitor? We see ourselves as a value contributor, I suppose, to the decommissioning and abandonment space. 
globally, not just in Australia. And what we like to do is we like to sit around with our peers, see how things are in that sense from a decommissioned abandonment space, see what things TAM can do to assist that, whether it's um, being in collaboration or whether that's helping out operators to see what their requirements are, what, what the outlook is going forward, and yet to see what TAM can actually do over time for sure, yeah. Um, collaboration has been a, a hot word over the past couple of days here. How, where do you see or how important do you see is collaboration as being in your industry? Absolutely, it's key. But what you obviously need to look out for there from a co collaboration standpoint is that you're managing the expectations of everyone that's involved in that collaboration, and whether that's with your peers or ultimately with the operators. You know, whether that's, I'm not going to name operators, but, you know, the ones that are actively looking at the decommission and abandonment space at the moment and how we can do that to achieve the end result, which is doing things safely, efficiently, and, yeah, making sure that we achieve the success that the operators are requiring. What would you say is the next steps for, for TAM in yeah. the industry? Forward steps for TAM, yeah. So we're part, globally, decommission and abandonment is a big thing. We are suitably based in Australia and in the Asia-Pacific region. And what we strive to do is provide excellence at the well site and accomplish the objectives that are required to, you know, P&A a well, abandon a well, and ensuring that, yeah, we provide the best products, installing them safely, and making sure that, yeah, we manage the end result for, for the operator in that sense. Yep. And in regards to what we're doing in the future going forward, we always like to develop internally um, within the TAMS R&D team and the engineering team. We like to develop our own equipment. You know, if we do see something there that, that you know, a, a gap in such a space like decommission and abandonment, yeah. you, we, we do have those resources to take a look at it to see what we can do to contribute to that. And yeah, we're always striving to be yeah. the best that we can be, I suppose, in the industry that we're in and what services that TAM can yeah. provide. Yeah, sustaining agile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess final questions. Um, if if anybody wanted to find out more about Tam International, um, what they do, their products, um, how can they get? Who who should they get in touch with? Um, yeah. Where can they find that information? Yeah. So um, Tam are on LinkedIn. If you just type in Tam International, uh, we also have our website www tamintl.com and yeah you'll find contact details there Daniel thank you so much for your time thanks man um, appreciate, appreciate meeting you yeah. and um, yeah we'll be in touch absolutely thanks yeah, thank Cheers, you so much thank Erin, thank you so much for joining me we've got you right at the end of the um, at the conference thank you how, how are you going how did it go yep brilliant it was um, it was a really good conference actually exceeded all my expectations which is brilliant um, a big thing for me really is just getting everybody else's feedback so it's brilliant to hear that everyone's had such a good time. Yeah, so um, how many um, DNAs have you done in Perth? This is the second year, so um, yep, hopefully lots more to come, but um, twice as big as last year. So yeah, I was about to ask what, um, what you think or what, how you would describe the growth of it since uh, year on year. Yeah, it's doubled. Um, I was just saying to your colleague Sean before that we um, had around 270 registrations this year and only seven people didn't collect their pass, which is... Yeah, that says a lot yes. about the, um, the growth of the industry and the importance of decommissioning, I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. What would you say, um, I mean, it's very early days, right? We've just finished, but um, have there been any highlights from this year's DNA um, as opposed to, or not opposed, but, you know, compared to last year? It's what, what's worked well for you? Yeah, um, I think... 
the exhibition space has been a lot bigger this year. It's allowed people to network a lot more. We've made a big emphasis on making sure there was lots of networking sessions. And I think, although obviously everyone gets a lot of value out of the presentations and um, you know hearing all the new technologies and the new regulations and things, I think people have really enjoyed just having that time to just get together and have conversations and you know over their lunch and, and really just have a bit of a chin wag about where the industry's going. I think um, particularly out here, a lot of it um, is still quite new. It's still quite a new topic. There's a lot of learning to take place and I think that's where it's really valuable is in those networking sessions. So we do still have one session to go, one networking session to go for this event and hopefully it'll go as well as the rest of the conference. <laughs> yeah, then it's almost done. Yeah. Um, so rude. I just realized that uh, for the listeners, I didn't get you to introduce yourself. <laughs> just jumping straight into the questions. Everything's so hectic at the moment. Um, yeah, would you be able to just quickly introduce yourself? Um, you know, what, what's your position at um, Offsnet? Yeah, um, so I'm Erin Smith and I'm the um, Global Accounts Manager and Regional Manager of Australasia. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I'm obviously wary of your time. You're a very popular woman right now. Um, any plans um, for next year? Do you definitely see yourself coming back? Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely be running a DCOM Oz 2024. I think it'll be hopefully bigger again. Um, we're looking to probably make it across three days, um, potentially have an, a whole onshore day next year because that was something that we added into the program this year, which was new to last year. Um, and there's been some really good feedback on that. I think it's something particularly for the service companies that falls into their remit, but they probably don't hear so much about it because so much of Perth is or what everyone seems to think of so much is person offshore, but actually there's so much onshore too, which is really important. So, yeah, it's going to be bigger and better than it has been again, hopefully. Um, okay, so obviously there's limited um, spaces. Um, you know, this year's was a sellout, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. How do people get involved? Obviously, the earlier the better. Who do they get in touch with? Where do they go? So, it will be myself again. So, if you want to come along, feel free to... Drop me an email. I can share my details with you. Um, also, the website will be live, so you will be able to still search for DNA Australia, um, and you can reach out to me via that. Um, as Pav has mentioned, spaces are limited. We'll have limited exhibition spaces, so if you do want to get involved, reach out as soon as possible. Erin Smith, thank you so much for your time. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Cheers.